Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. It's something God will do things. You guys can be seated. God will do things when you are at your weakest point. Come on, Carlos Amargo. There's people that have been here all weekend, all week doing things and still getting up, still going to work, and they have sacrificed their lives. And I, I, I may not mention you guys by name, but the Lord sees your labor of love and he won't forget it. But I'm just here to remind you that all the work that you do, all the labor of love that you have been doing in this church, and that you've been doing for this community is not going unseen. Please forgive me if I don't mention your name. Charge it to my head and not my heart. God sees you. And that's who you want to see you. Because my thank you is, is nothing. You know, I, I, I appreciate when people come and give me thanks. And, and, and it does. It helps. It encourages me. But at the end of the day, at the end of my life, the thank you I want to hear is, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. Woo! My God. Praise God. Oh, man, it's like I just wanted to start preaching. Just, just, no, no, because you guys are going to miss the rest of the games today. Don't turn me loose. Don't turn me loose. I got a tie on today. I feel like preaching. <laughs> and God said, okay. <laughs> See, y'all didn't know I got that in me. You, you, I, can, I can hold the mic like this and turn up on you guys in a second. <laughs> You hang around the building long enough, it's going to happen. You guys will see it happen. There'll be people running around this place full of fires. Oh, yes, just in case you don't know. And I'm, I see some new faces. And you guys, please, this is not church like most other churches. We, love, we have a great time here. We have fun. We laugh. Uh, my name is Pastor John R. Butcher Sr. And the R in my name stands for random because I get random, especially when I drink coffee. I also speak very broken Spanish. But, hey. At least I'm speaking it. God's pleased. I'm doing it by faith. Praise God tonight. Oh, see, this, it's about vision. It's about vision. And, and, and when God gives you something in your heart, please listen very carefully. When God gives you something in your heart, just because it's delayed doesn't mean it's denied. Man, you guys want to look in the Bible. You talk about some people in the Bible that have delays. Lord going to tell you, you're going to have a baby, and it's you're like 99. You're like, okay, there's a delay here. What, is it going to, in the afterlife, Jesus, is that, I'm going to have children in, praise God. You just got to be careful that you don't rush God and end up with an Ishmael. Praise God. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Amen. Buenos dias. Welcome, everybody. Okay, I'm going to get rid of this message. I got so much going on in my heart right now. Focus, focus. God bless you. El viernes tuvimos nuestra noche de visión. 
y, y escuchamos nuestra dirección y propósito para nuestra iglesia. Friday, we had our night of vision. And many of you attended and heard our direction and purpose concerning our church and the city. Muchos de ustedes no pudieron, pudieron estar aquí, así que no quiero privarlos de la oportunidad de ser parte de esta gran visión. Many of you weren't here <laughs> to say, hear what the vision was, and I don't want to rob you of your opportunity to be a part of this great vision. When I answered the call of being a pastor, I petitioned God. Le pregunté a Dios. Lord, bring me, Señor, tráeme the hurting, los hierdos, the broken, los quebrantados, the rejected, los rechazados, and the flawed y los fallados. Tráemelos y te mostraré el camino hacia tú. I said, bring them to me, and I will show them the way to you. ¿Cuántas personas pueden testificar si no habría sido por la banda de Dios mostrada a través de esta iglesia, su vida, su matrimonio, su trabajo, su carrera, su negocio, su familia, tu vida estaría perdida y en ruinas. How many people can testify if it had not been for the goodness of God shown through this church that your life, your marriage, your job, your career, your business, and even your family would be lost or in shambles? I prayed that TBCF would be a light upon a hill that would draw Christians and non-Christians alike to want to be a part of this community. And God has answered that prayer here at TBCF. Escúchame. Dios tiene un corazón para la susun. Y yo también. God has a heart for Susun City. And so do I. I grew up here. I've been here for almost all my life practically. Listen, you guys, we serve a God that isn't a God just of this city, but he's a God for Susun City. And the Building Christian Fellowship isn't a church in Susun City, it's a church for Susun City. No es una iglesia en Susun, es una iglesia para ciudad de Susun. So with that, you guys have to understand, if we are a church for Susun City, I got to give you some scripture to kind of help us out and encourage us to feel the same about Susun, about to have a compassion for the people that God has entrusted us with. Do you guys realize that you don't come to church just to better yourselves? Yes, I'm going to do that, Lord. I was in the Army, and we were doing FTX, field, field training exercises. And we were in Kentucky, and we came to this mountain, big mountain. It was actually a hill. It was real steep. And they told us to go up the hill. Now you have a whole company going up the hill. And this is what I saw. 
I saw some young people that were fast and quick. They're like, no problem. And they take off and they run. They get to the top of the hill. Never see them again. Then I had some people that would run up all the way up to the, to the top of the mountain. Then they would turn down and they would look and they start shouting instructions. No, don't go that way. Go this way. And then come up here. That way, follow my instructions so you could get where I'm at. So you could be like me, follow my instructions. And people are down there and they're struggling and trying to do their way. But the problem is with me yelling and shouting instructions is because the path that this person up here took might not be the path that the person down there should take. Because there's, there's different things that we don't uh, add into it. The factor is, is that maybe this person's stronger than the person that's up here. Or maybe the person up here is stronger than that person, so they have to take a different route to get where they're at. So now this person's up here shouting. But I noticed one thing about some people. They were down on the bottom, and they looked around, and they looked at the situation, and they said, we all need to be at the top of that hill. So he would get up about a little bit of the way, grab onto a tree, and look at the next person and go, come on. And he would grab that person, and he would pull them to where he's at and then push them higher than he was. And then he would come up a little bit more, and he would grab another tree, and he would grab another person and pull them up. And sometimes he would be pulling four and five people up, denying himself to get to his goal so that others would get there before him. Because he knew that eventually we all need to be up there. And if I can get my brother up higher, maybe he'll remember how I helped him. And when I turn around, maybe his hand will be reached out to help me up. That's what God calls us to do. I thank God for the guys that are standing on top trying to give us direction. But I need somebody to help me up along the way. I wish I could get an amen. It, you, you, some of you business owners in here, that want, you, everybody that's made it, we're paying thousands of dollars to go to all these, these uh, seminars and, and all this stuff, and these people have made it, and what they're doing is standing at the top of the hill telling you the direction that you should go. You're like, nah, bro, I need you to come down here with my business and walk me through some things. Think about it. We're wasting money going to some of these places. That's why your, your pastor doesn't go to those churches where these guys are like, the fastest growing church in America right now. Come and find out how you could build your church to be over a thousand people. For what? There's clubs all over America that are getting over a thousand people a weekend. Church is doing the same. The difference is, is people at the club are leaving out drunk and high. And the people in some of these churches are leaving out probably pretty much the same. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 and 37. Yes, I will read some scripture. And it reads, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested Jesus, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you shall live. But he wanted to justify himself. And he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? I don't know, that's a good question. 
And Jesus answered and said to him, and this is just like Jesus. You know God, Jesus be doing this. He says, well, there's a certain man that went down from Fairfield into Susun and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Somebody say half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down the road. I'll, I'll just use another word. By chance, a certain pastor came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side because he was on his way to church. Likewise, a Levite, a, a, a churchgoer, a church attender, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, but a certain person from the building Christian Fellowship, as he journeyed and came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Somebody say compassion. So he went to him, and he bandaged his wounds. He poured on oil and wine, and he set him on his animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he answered, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, go and do the same. Again, dice, voy a hacer lo mismo. Lo mismo. Okay, somebody say, I will do the same. There you go. Now, I'm going to go back to the scripture. I'm going to break it down for you, you guys. are going to forgive me. You know, you're not used to seeing me like this, but I'm, I'm, I'm full of passion right now. I'm full of compassion. This is, this is what God has been speaking to me and speaking to this church. And we are at this pivotal time right now where it, it, the season for us is very exciting. And I'm so glad to be sharing this. So I want to break this down to you, this scripture, so that you can understand and you can see the parallel to us and what's going on in his word. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start off at verse 30. It says, and Jesus answered, said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Well, let's say he's from, actually, maybe say he came from Richmond to Susun, uh, and he fell among thieves, uh, okay, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, let's look at stripped him of his clothing. Right now in Susun, we have people that are stripped of a covering, clothing symbolizes a covering. People are out there by themselves, all alone, no covering, no church, no God to cover them, and they're out there naked. Why? Because the thief himself comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. And the thief has been busy and hard at work and too soon. Stripping people, no covering, no clothing. They're naked. They're exposed. And then it says it's wounded. He was wounded. He was wounded. This person was wounded. Now, you guys know there's so many people right now that are out there on the streets hurting. And I keep saying streets, but listen, when I say streets, I mean in their homes, in the schools, at the workplace. They're hurting. They're broken. There's lots of broken people. You know how I know? Because there's broken people in church. And if there's broken people in church, there's a lot more broken people out there. They're broken. They're wounded. They're hurt. Not only that, guess who other kind of people are hurt? There's people out there, church hurt. Church hurt. It's a real thing, people. 
And, and, I, and I'll stand up for some of the churches, I, just because sometimes we don't do it, we don't do it knowingly, but sometimes pastors, because we have such a grand vision and because everybody doesn't jump in, the people that are faithful, we tend to work them to death. Listen closely, because we're no, we don't know, as the Bible tells us, you are to know the state of the flock. And we think, oh, what, 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 what kind of trouble they're in. No, we need to understand if they need a rest, if they need a break. And because us as pastors, sometimes we're so focused on the vision and getting work done and, and counseling that we don't turn around and look at the sheep. Do you need a break? Let me, let me lead you to some green pastures and by the water. I'm just letting you tell you, just here at the building, if you're serving and you need a break, you just tell your leader. We believe in the Sabbath. Not just the Sabbath being Saturday, but a Sabbath, taking a rest, taking a break, coming and sitting in service, getting ministered to. If you start getting overworked, you're no good to yourself, to your family, or to the church. But there's people out there that are hurt because of the church. And then, of course, you know the other garbage that happens at church, too, that will go unmentioned. Okay, and then it goes on and says, they departed, leaving him half dead. Half dead. There's so many people walking around. Now, they're, they're naturally alive, but they're spiritually dead. So half of their life is alive. The other half is dead. So what that means is they need Jesus. So many people are out there right now running around, and they're feeding people, and they're clothing people, and they're doing all this nice stuff, but they're still leaving them half dead. I'm, I'm here to tell you something, saints of God. Just because somebody recites a prayer does not make them saved. There's a man named Pastor Finney from back in the day, early 1900s. He would go and he would, he'd just do what's powerful. He's anointed. And when he would walk into, this is how anointed he would do it. He would walk into a factory. And when he walked into the factory, he'd just stand there. And people would just, from work, they didn't know who he was, but just the power, the anointing on him, people would come and just start confessing their sins to him. He's the kind of guy that would walk into town and start having revival and shut down every ungodly place that was in the city. Because the anointing on him. And one day he had a camp meeting. And there was thousands of people that came to the altar. And a man came to him and says, man, how many people got saved? He looked at me he says, or looked at the dude and says, I don't know. We'll find out in six months. How many people give their life to Christ at the altar and then leave and just go back to doing the same thing they did? They're moved by emotion. See, people that are saved, they, they start to change. And, and six months later, they ain't the same person that came up on the altar. See, they have an encounter with God. When you have an encounter with God, God changes you. You see people up here bawling and crying and stuff like that. Let them cry because at one point, they start to realize, I'm a wretch without Jesus. So that's why we need to preach Jesus a little bit more. Stop talking about prosperity. We're sinners in need of a Savior. So we left, they left them half dead. Now, this is the part that breaks my heart. It says, now by chance, a certain priest came down the road. Now that certain priest is a pastor. And there's pastors that are walking through our community. And they're seeing these people. And they're going to the other side of the street. Which means that I don't have time for that. Because I'm too busy on my way to my church trying to build my church, trying to build my kingdom. 
I don't want those people because they ain't got nothing to give to me anyway. You know, watch this. If the dude was laying there next to a Benz and he was crying and he had on a three-piece suit, I bet you that pastor would have stopped then. Because he would be able to do something. I'm going to get this dude fixed up because if I can get him fixed up and get him right, he's riding in this nice stuff, he'll give a big tithe check. What about the guy that has nothing, who's laying exposed, wounded, laying in the dirt? The pastor passed him up, and then the next verse says that a Levite. Now, you guys know that it's weird that they say a priest and then a Levite. Well, what that means is the priest, Levites were priests. So the, the priest, the priest was the pastor. The Levites were people that worked in the house of God. That's you. And they said they did the same as the priest. You know, I think they, why they did the same as the priest? Because they were probably walking maybe a few yards back, and they saw what their pastor did. So they figured, oh, <laughs> I'm just going to do the same. You know, whatever your leader does, usually you should do. People follow their leaders. And because the leader ignored them, then they ignored them. They ain't got time. I'm trying to get to church because, uh, you know, I want to be a part of this big church because everybody knows our name. But then it goes on to say this. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, how many people are on a journey right now? You're on a spiritual journey. You're trying to get somewhere, are you not? I'm, try- I'm just trying to get to know God. I'm trying to get better in the Lord. I know you, look, I'm just trying to get Jesus myself. I, you know, sometimes we say, listen this very carefully. Sometimes I ain't got time to help nobody out because I'm trying to get to know Jesus myself. I just got saved yesterday. I don't know two script. Jesus wept. That's all I know. And the best prayer I can say is, Lord, bless this food in Jesus' name. And you feel like you ain't qualified. Remember the little, the little analogy I told you earlier? Just because you ain't got to the top of the hill doesn't mean you can't help somebody. Yeah, you got one step up. That qualifies you to turn around and help somebody up and maybe even push them a little bit further. Come on, y'all. It says this Samaritan was on his journey. We're all on a journey. But he just happened to pass by. And look, watch this. He had compassion on the person. Let me explain something to you about Samaritans. Samaritans were hated by the Israelites, but yet they were related. They worshiped the same God, but they were hated. Kind of reminds me of how this ministry is because a lot of churches don't like us because we don't do things the way they do them. See, the Hebrews, the Jews didn't like the Samaritans because they worshiped without a priest. They made sacrifices without priests, and that was against the law. But they were free from the law. They didn't like them, so therefore they were considered dogs. And it was funny that it took a dog that came and felt the same feeling that Jesus felt when he looked upon the multitude. So it appears that the one, the chosen, the chosen ones, the children of God, the ones that are, are, have the heirs and joint heirs to the throne aren't acting like Jesus. But yet the Samaritan who is rejected and say that he's doing everything wrong was being more like Jesus. You remember the scripture where it says Jesus looked at the multitude and he had compassion. This man walked by and saw the one and had compassion. And because of his compassion, you, you can't have compassion for somebody and not do anything. Don't tell me you have compassion for something and you didn't do nothing about it. That's called a concern. There's a difference for concern and compassion. Compassion makes you move. Concern makes you think. Compassion, well, put it this way. Concern is here. Compassion is here. 
So he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on it. He bandaged his wounds. Notice it says something. He didn't heal his wounds. He bandaged his wounds. Listen, he covered his wounds up. He covered the flaws in his skin up. Oh, my God. I'm about to tell you guys something. Yeah, I wish you guys. Don't, don't jump. Don't get up and shout. I'm just going to tell you something. You know what? More of us in the church should be covering stuff up instead of trying to reveal it. I ain't talking about ungodly stuff. I'm just talking about when your brother or your sister comes and confess a fault to you, don't be so quick to go talk about it. I'm here to cover you. I'm here to protect you. I'm here to pray for you. I'm going to bandage your wounds. I'm not trying to heal them because God's the healer. He's the doctor. He's the great physician. I'm just going to cover your wounds. I'm going to bandage them. I'm going to pray for you. Then it goes on and says, and I love this part, that while he was covering his wounds, while he was covering them, it says that he poured oil and wine oil and wine see the oil represents the anointing and the anointings in the word and i believe it's showing us as as christians when we have compassion when we're covering people our, uh, the oil when we cover them with oil we are covering them with the word we are prophesying life over them so as the samaritan was sitting there he was prophesying them and not only did he cover him up this is the problem with evangelists today we cover them up and we say a quick prayer but there's one thing we don't tell them about the wine the wine, the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that was shed for the remission of our sins. Yes, you're in a bad place. Yes, I'll cover your wounds. Yes, I'll prophesy on you. But it's all for naught until you receive the blood of the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. So he bandaged him. He covered him. Pour wine. But this is what I love. I love this. You guys watch this. Then he picked him up and set him on his animal. Saints of God, this represents you not being comfortable because now I got to walk so you can ride. He put him on his animal. He's already done all this for him. He puts him on his animal and walks with him. I'm uncomfortable. He's saying that ministry is uncomfortable. Ministry is going to put you in a place where you got to set your brother higher than yourself. So he began to walk with him, and then he took him to an inn. And when he got to the inn, see, it's in the inn where he was starting to receive a little bit more care. You guys with me? See, this shows that, you know, once again, evangelists, I, I love them. We need them. They're part of the gifts of the church, but they're gifts to the church. And too many evangelists ain't connected to churches. How can you be an evangelist not connected to the church? You need a home base. We need evangelists. We, the Building Christian Fellowship, has evangelists. And watch this. This dude found somebody outside the inn. What's the inn? The inn is church. He brings them to the church. And while he's in the church, he can receive more healing, more helping, more care, more loving. People can watch him. And to see, here's the problem is that we get people saved out on the street and leave them there. They need to be brought to the end. They need to be brought to the church. And I love the point where it says that he gave the church some money to help take care of that person. He says, listen, if we need more, let me know. And here's the prophetic picture of Jesus. When I come back, I'm going away. I'm leaving you responsible for this care of this person. So when I come back, I will repay you. Woo. And then Jesus looks at him, and here's the thing. Now watch this, guys. So after Jesus tells the story, he looks at him, and he says, 
Um, so which one do you think is a good neighbor? And he didn't say State Farm. <laughs> he said the one that showed compassion. He said, that's right. Go and do the same. That's our call for us. God is telling us, listen, what the Samaritan did, you need to go and do the same thing. Yeah. Susun City has a need, and God is calling us to go and do the same thing. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So good. 1 Corinthians 1 and 27. I just got, I want to share this, this scripture. So good, Pastor John. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world. To put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. The thing is that the Samaritan, the one, the, the, the one person that the world and, the, and the, the, the people of the religious circles called foolish, dog, beneath us, nobody, was the one that was able to operate into the, in the things of God. And the thing is that that represents the building in more than one ways. One of the things we want to let you guys know is that the Building Christian Fellowship is not building a church. We're not just building a building. We're building a lighthouse for the city of Sassoon. There's nothing more angelic, more powerful than a lighthouse when you're in the darkest time of your life, when you feel like the storm is not going to stop raging, and then all of a sudden there's a light that pierces the darkness, and it's a lighthouse. And that is who the Building Christian Fellowship is, not only to Sassoon City, but to Solano County. And the thing is that that is what we're building for Sassoon. Lighthouses symbolizes the way forward. It helps navigate people in rough waters, whether the rough waters is financial, personal, business, spiritual in nature. No, no, no matter if they're running away from um, feeling unsafe, a lighthouse is an area and a symbolization of safety. The Building Christian Fellowship is creating and building a lighthouse for the city of Sassoon, for the single parents of Sassoon, for the hurting of Sassoon, for the people who don't have hope, and for the people who think that they don't know Jesus. We're building a lighthouse for them, too. The thing is that the Building Christian Fellowship has been known for a lot of the, the different things that we've been doing. Christmas in the community, Blessing the Blue, partnering with Crystal Middle School, the Father Daughter Dance, Cult Enforcement Cleanup, the Fourth of July, Family Night Out. Believe me, all these things are literally like being echoed back to us. I went to meet with the principal, Principal Dowd, the other day. And I mean, as I'm in his office, this lady comes in and she's like, I have something. And it was all the teachers got together and signed this big ginormous card and they all wrote messages of how much we've touched their life just thanking us they don't know us they don't know what your face looks like they don't know your name but your generosity has met them and touched them in such a way they're like who are these people that love on us and haven't asked for anything in return what I mean like literally they're trying to get together what can we do to thank them they, the other day, they came by and they gave us a certificate. It's like they keep trying to find a way to bless us black, back because they're so just, they're just confounded as why would they just bless us like that? Because Jesus said, you'll know them by their love. 
And every time we go into the school, every time we host a Christmas outreach at, the, at Crystal Middle School, every time we leave another imprint on the hearts of the, and the residents and the people of Sassoon City, every single time. And the thing is that we don't want to just stop there. We want to be able to have room to receive them because they're going to come looking for you. Who are these people? Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44 is the story of the little widow woman with the two little mites. You guys know that story. Everybody knows that story. The story talks about how Jesus leaned up against the wall and he sat back and he watched and he did that thing that Pastor John does when he looks all swaggy and he, he goes like this. And then he flexes his bicep and he goes. Jesus did that. So there was a line of people, and they were all lining up, and they were giving their offering. And they waited, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they waited till the line got light, nice and long, and they cut to the front of the line, and they took their big bag, that kind of like that bag that Brother Carlos brought up when he came up to do the generosity. They brought up the big bag. They brought out the big purse. And they were like, oh, I'm glad Jesus is here. <laughs> watch this. Excuse me. Excuse me, people. Watch out. And they took that bag, uh, and they dumped it in. And the thing is that where the offering went, it was like a horn. So it was metal. So when the, as the change would hit the sides, it would make a, it was loud. So all the people in town was like, whoa, somebody just gave big. Somebody just gave big. And as they finished dumping out those purses, they turned around and looked at Jesus like, saw that? And Jesus wasn't moved. And it wasn't until it was the turn of the little widow woman with the two mites that when she dropped in her mites, it made no sound to the world, but it made all the sound in the world to Jesus. I mean, Jesus came and he stood at attention because you know why? The first thing is that her being a widow symbolizes that she didn't have a husband to provide for her, which means that whatever money she had, whatever substance she had, whatever provision she had, she didn't know when it was going to come again because she didn't have anybody out there making money for her. Which means Jesus saw that when she gave the little that she had, she gave it in obedience and love and trust and faith. And God will provide. And Jesus was amazed. Jesus' heart was moved. And you know what? Christmas outreach to the world and to these mega churches and to all these different people that are doing great things and have lots of big resources, they're all just two little mites. What we're doing in the community to a lot of people and to other churches that are doing amazing things, they're just two little mites. And to them and to the world and to the city and to other cities and to Vacaville or to whatever, it may not have made a sound in the world, but to Jesus, it's making all the sound in the world to him. Why? Because he knows that what little we had, we have given, and it has made an impact to such a point. I'm standing outside of the police department, and a police comes up to me, officer, I forgot his name, and he says, hey, thank you for what your church did for that widow woman. Thank you for what you, what you guys did for that elderly woman. All of the residents are thankful, not just her, all of the residents are thankful, and you know what they're saying? Who are those people? Who are those crazy people that are generous, that love on, and love without even looking for something in return? Who are these people that's doing things, amazing things, and just walking away and not even leaving a business card? Who are these people? We're the widow with the two mites. 
that are dropping it in and saying, we're not waiting until we have a big purse. We're not waiting till we have a big bag. We're not waiting till we can make a big noise. We're doing what we can with what we have right now. We're saying, God, if you give it to me, I'm going to use it. Whatever you give me, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to drop it in. God, you can do more with my little two mites than I can. So, God, here it is. Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, it says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little I will set you over much. Building Christian fellowship, we have been faithful over the little. Whatever we have, we have given it. And we have proven ourselves faithful over the little. And guess what? The doors are swinging wide open to now be faithful over the much. We didn't wait till we had the big bag to start operating and moving and blessing the teachers and blessing the police officers and blessing Principal Dowd and blessing the government. No, we said we're going to bless them now with our two mites. And then when we get two million, we're going to bless them then. Why? Because we're stepping into our season of much because we showed ourselves faithful in the little. But will you come with us? Will you come with us? Because the thing is that the Building Christian Fellowship is making moves and strides in the city that you don't even know about. Literally, I'm telling you, if you walk around and you, of Sassoon City and you wear your Building Christian Fellowship sweatshirt, somebody's going to stop you and say, you're that church, that nameless, faceless church that's doing amazing things in my city. And you guys are just baffling us. And some of you might say, well, what's the hurry? What's the rush? I believe this year the Christmas outreach is going to be bigger and better than ever. Bigger and better than ever. We are going to make the biggest impact that we possibly can. And I believe that after this, they're going to come looking for this crazy, nameless, faceless church. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.